Now the whole group of those who believe were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. This is the word of God for the people of God. So our appointed or lectionary readings take us to this book of Acts, or sometimes called the Acts of the Apostles. We've been following the Hebrew Scriptures throughout, but then after Easter, the lectionary shifts and takes us to this book of Acts. It's the story of those first disciples and how they responded to the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. In chapter 1, they've already told us that this is a group of about 120 people who are gathering together, who are followers of Christ, who believe that God has raised Christ from the dead. It says that they are of one heart and one mind, and that they're holding all possessions, all wealth in common. It sounds like an ideal group. It even says in verse 33 that with great power the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. So they are well connected, they're unified, they're feeling generous, they're feeling empowered. Yet conflict and complaint are about to erupt We're in chapter 4. By the time we get to chapter 6, there are some complaining that not everyone in the group is being treated fairly. By the time we get to chapter 15, there's an outright conflict between Peter and Paul and the other disciples. And what is the best way? How are we best to proclaim this resurrection of Christ, proclaim this love of God alive in the world, a love that transcends even death. Reminded me of how marriages and so many partnerships start off. Someone falls in love. They're of one heart and soul. Their life's going to be fantastic without problems forever. And then before long, right, some differences emerge. How my family and your family did it is different friction can happen, conflict can break out, complaints can become the order of the day. Or partnerships as people go into business with a great vision of who they're going to be and what they're going to sell or how they're going to serve. And there's so much excitement, so much energy. But then as things unfold, differences emerge, perspectives or different visions, strategies, disagreements about tactics and how we're going to proceed, and conflict emerges. The book of Acts tells us the early church is no different, that we're not all the same. We don't see all things the same way. We do have differences, and when we're not at our best, 
out of those differences, complaints and conflict emerge. But I think the key here, they give us also what happens after we identify or experience the conflict. If we know it's coming, if we know it's a universal human experience, then what do we do? How do we respond? How do we react? How do we proceed? In the two examples I gave you from Acts over in chapter 6 and there in chapter 15, the same kind of process happens. They get together to talk about their differences. They come upon a mutually agreed upon solution and then they proceed the subsequent outcome is that the witness to Christ and His resurrection lives on and spreads far and wide. For the next seven weeks, we're going to be reading stories out of this book of Acts, one story after another of how these earliest disciples respond to what God is doing through Christ in the world. There are going to be stories of how they witness in different settings in different situations and relationships, how they continue to witness to this love of God they've come to know in Jesus Christ. It will give all of us an opportunity to think about our own witness. How do we share or witness to the love of God we've come to know in Jesus Christ? Is that witness apparent in terms of how we live and how we interact and where we show up and what we do with our resources. The book of Acts is clear. It is all initiated by God through Christ via the power of the Holy Spirit. Back over in the first chapter of Acts, the author Luke, the same one who wrote the gospel, this is kind of book two of Luke's gospel, he's talking about the disciples interacting with the risen Christ, and Christ says to them, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The risen Christ predicts that this witness is going to be an ever-expanding circle that these disciples are going to witness right there, the place where they're staying in Jerusalem, but then to the surrounding area, Judea, then to Samaria, the next circle out, but finally to the ends of the earth. The risen Christ is saying when you have an experience of God, when you feel the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon you, it emboldens you or empowers you to be a witness to what you've come to know as the love of God alive in your life. It's a guide, a propulsion, a fuel for you to carry that witness out into the world for you to share the love of God that you know in your heart with others who need it. It continues to spread, the book of Acts says, over and over. They tell stories of how this good news of the gospel is spreading. This is an expanding witness to the love of God alive in the world to the ends of the earth. 
The implication is that this gospel cannot be contained in one group of people or in one time or one place, but that God is ever moving and working through Christ via the power of the Holy Spirit to empower the witness to spread further and further, and not just around the globe, but from generation to generation to generation. One way we witness to our faith is through confirmation studies. I can remember my own confirmation class. I grew up just south of here in the First Methodist Church in Okmulgee. It was probably the first time in my life that I was in a room week in and week out with a pastor. We had our little small confirmation books. Oh, we played games and sang silly songs, but every week there was a lesson. There was something for us to learn about Jesus, about the church. It was a time for us to ask our questions of faith. It was a time of preparation because at the end of that, they took us to worship and asked us to stand up in front of the church and pledge that we wanted to be followers of Jesus Christ. And after our studies, we did just that. We stood up. The congregation was there. The pastor led us, and we professed our faith and pledged our faithfulness to Jesus Christ. This group of compromands have been studying since last August when they began to meet week after week, coming together on Sunday mornings. Oh, they got to play some games and sing some songs, do a variety of activities, but each week a lesson looking at a different aspect of the faith, looking at Scripture, looking at tradition, reflecting on their own experience, thinking about how all these things come together to lead them into life abundant and life eternal. And now today's a big day where they're ready to stand and confirm their faith. And in a moment, I'll be asking you to confirm on behalf of the church as representatives of the body of Christ that you're ready to support them as they continue on this journey. Some see it as the end. Oh, they got there. But really, it's just the beginning of living a life empowered by the presence of God's Holy Spirit. We'll be laying hands on them in a few moments and praying that the Holy Spirit will come upon them just as the book of Acts talks about to empower them for this life of faith as a follower of Jesus Christ. We'll all have an opportunity to renew our vows, to remember our baptism, to remember that we're called to be a disciple and also a witness to Jesus Christ raised from the dead, God at work in the world. It is a Christian witness that each of us is called upon to live out throughout our lives. How we live together, how we treat one another in the community of faith is a witness as well. When we decide to care about the young, that's a witness to how important they are to the world. When we decide to care about the elderly, it's a witness to the world. When we reach out to the vulnerable or the marginalized, it's a witness about what our community values so that the world might see what love looks like. 
Acts says that God calls people together to be the church, to be a witness to the world and the place we live, but then also beyond the bounds of where we live, all the way to the ends of the earth. It says that there's great grace upon them all. That is, each and every one of them had this empowering, this gifting of the Spirit alive in their lives so that they could be a witness to the world. What is your role in this community of faith? How do you witness to the love of God alive in your life? You can do it in so many different ways. It might be greeting someone like an old friend here in the sanctuary, but it might be greeting someone you've never met. It might be a greeter at the doors, or it might be driving a bus as one of our groups ventures into the community. It might be sending in your tithe so that we have financial support. It might be joining the prayer team. It might be showing up for a service Saturday. It might be going on a volunteer and mission trip. There's so many different ways that we can fulfill this call upon our lives to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. Acts reminds us that we're called as a community of faith to be a witness to God's love alive in the world. Acts reminds us it takes all of us to be all God wants us to be as a witness. May we all fulfill our call to be a witness in the world so that one day it might be said of us as it's said of these first disciples that with great power the people gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. May it be so for each and every one of us. Amen.